Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. El nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's es... Cruyente, tiernito, oh. Es pollo la McDonald's. Un mordisco y... Es el nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el lab de McDonald's. En McDonald's participantes. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 102. This week's episode is pretty long. I have a lot of different guests, and I've put timestamps in the description of the podcast. So if you want to skip around, just look at those. I've got Deanna Espear from the You Can't Sit With Me podcast to discuss everything going on with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills especially all of the craziness this week with the Denise and Brandy and Teddy of it all. And then I've got Chadwick Klein on to talk about the Real Housewives of New York. But of course, we also chat a little bit of Beverly Hills. And then I've promised you guys for the last few weeks to have my dad and my future stepmom, Joyce, come on the podcast and chat about 90 Day Fiance. It turns out my dad didn't actually watch 90 Day Fiance, so we spend most of the time talking about um, a little bit about 90 Day Fiance, a bit about my dad's favorite reality show, which is Life Below Zero. He makes a great pitch for everyone to watch it. We talk about pets. My dad and Joyce have a cat that is in its later years. And then I interview them about how they met. It's kind of uh, when Harry met Sally, you know, those interviews that they do with the couples on the couch. It feels a little bit like, like that. They're sharing with me their experience with online dating, all of the really ridiculous things my dad did in the beginning of the relationship and Joyce persevered. <laughs> They're still together. And next week, I am heading to Minnesota, going on a long drive to get there uh, for their wedding. They're just going to get married in the backyard and we're going to spend most of August together. Listening back to the chat with them, I realize it comes across kind of weird that I met Joyce on their fourth date, which happened to be in Florida. Neither of them live in Florida. It's because Joyce actually was visiting her brother who lived down in Florida, and my dad spent some time in Florida, and so they decided to go on a date there, but I happened to be at the house, and so that's how I met her. So I know it sounds a little bit weird listening back, but I hope you get to know me a little bit through knowing my dad. And he gives some really wonderful advice about dating. 
Before we get to this week's guests, I need to make a plug for all of you to watch The Real Housewives of Potomac. It is, I think, my favorite franchise right now of Housewives that is on Bravo. And I will be recapping it starting next week. As always, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and give me a kind review or a five-star rating if you like it. You can also find me on social media at ITRL underscore podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And my personal Twitter is at Mandy Slutsker. I've been responding to DMs. I love hearing from you guys, and I think we have a consensus on what to call people who listen to this podcast. I think it's going to be the real lifers. I think it'd be fun to add a question mark at the end of that, like the real lifers. (laughs) I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Without further ado, going to get to this week's guest, starting with Deanna Espear from the You Can't Sit With Me podcast, then Chadwick Klein. And then my dad and future stepmom, Joyce. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Deanna Aspear, and she is alive from London, where she just came back from a workout class. And I'm so jealous because you get to see other human beings. (laughs) You've already made everyone hate me on this. Everyone's gonna like me now. Everyone's gonna hate me in America. Oh my god. How has it been in London and Switzerland? Honestly, Switzerland is just like normal life. So I feel like in Switzerland, we can literally just live normally. In London, a bit different. It's still very social distancing. You have to wear a mask everywhere you go. They are taking, you know, very serious measures, but you are able to do things just in a slightly different way. Um, which is really good. It feels really nice to be able to do things. Um, I do miss being in America. I can't, I can't, I can't lie about that. I miss my home. I miss my friends. I miss my apartment. So I'm always going to be ungrateful. I have to be ungrateful about something. (laughs) We all do, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Speaking of ungrateful, well, I am something I'm very grateful for is this season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, it's the plot twist we've needed for two seasons now <sighs> i can't have another drama about a dog about radar online i i mean i can't but I can't. about an affair between two of the women on the show i yes. can i can deal with that i 100 percent am up for that <laughs> so what do you think about all of it i mean you saw last week with brandy do you think she was telling the truth so you know whenever i give my opinion about bravo and the housewives i kind of feel guilty because you know, I talk about it on the show, on my show, on people's shows, and I do critique it. But am I the quintessential Bravo fan who like looks up everything and reads about everything? No, I'm not. I just enjoy watching, recapping, critiquing, but I'm not necessarily the most knowledgeable. I'm not someone who does like the deepest of dives. But um, I've said this before the show even aired. I think that Brandy has the least to lose in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I kind of always tend to believe the person that has less to lose. And I think Denise is in a a position where she does have a lot to lose and she has more reasons to actually lie about something. I think Brandy knows that regardless of her being back 
on the show or not. She is always going to be seen as a housewife. She's always going to have her podcast. She's always going to have the news talking about her. There's always going to be some new scandal about her because she is a scandalous person. I don't think she needs the housewives for that to happen for her. So I would tend to believe the person that has less to lose, which is Brandy. What do you think? I agree. I definitely think she's telling the truth. But then at the end of the day, does it really matter? You know, I mean, does anything on The Real Housewives really matter? That is the question. (laughs) That's the whole point of the show. I mean, you know, none of that shit really matters. What matters is and what matters and what is worrying is how much we feel invested in their stories and their drama. That is worrying, but right now I don't have a whole lot else. <laughs> There's nothing else to hold on to. Nothing else. Like this plot twist couldn't have come at a better time for us viewers. Did you read about it when it was happening in real time? Like in the tabloids? I did. I spoke about it on a bunch of podcasts while it was happening. And, right. you know, I, I'm someone I kind of get bored. Like I don't like to read about things. I like to see it on like unravel on TV. Um, I think that's way more fun than having to do the research myself. Life is such an effort in itself. I don't want to make more effort to know what's going on on a reality show. I just want the show to show me what's going on, Um, which is what I was really mad about with previous seasons of The Housewives. But yeah, I did. I did look into it. And to be honest, like everything leads me to believe, you know, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. The way that Denise is dealing with it is very shady. It's very sly. And, you know, I think that when you are someone who has nothing to lose, you wouldn't be so cautious and so aware of what is going on on and off camera. And you wouldn't be trying to make a point that you have no business making because I've never thought of Denise to be filtered and censored around her kids. You know, if anything, I think she's been extremely explicit in previous you know in the previous season knowing that her kids were going to watch the episodes so this whole change of persona just looks very suspicious to me I completely agree I think and I do feel bad for Denise in this past episode and she's crying and she's clearly upset at the same time I don't understand why she went on this show thinking she could keep certain things private I believe, and I think we're going to see it later on this season, her and Rena sit down and Rena's probably going to tell her, listen, you can't outmaneuver a reality show. You can't control what comes out and what doesn't. And maybe she thought since her first season, she got such a good edit. And I wonder how much of it has to do with like she was so controlled about what she shared. But this In this past episode, when she directly looked at a producer and was like, you can't air that. Please don't air this. I just, I was so shocked. So was I. And also when you sign a contract with Bravo, you kind of, you know, sign up for selling your soul to the devil. You know, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, they, they kind of own your image. I mean, I think that's part of the contract. You can't produce yourself. They are producing the show. So I think that's a little bit of a ballsy ask considering that you basically sign up for them to do those things. So obviously that was a shocker. Um, I also think, yeah, Rena knows exactly what she's doing. She is so unapologetic about everything she does and she knows exactly how to maneuver those things and make it just entertaining for us to watch. Um, 
obviously I'm not saying that Denise's drama is not entertaining to watch, but I think that her concern is more the way that she appears rather than providing good TV. And that's why we're not getting the full story. I, I, I don't know. I don't like conspiracy theories. I don't like looking into something. It's like the free Britney movement. It, you know, if I get clues, I don't really want to go and look for the clues. I want them to be given to me. I'm just a consumer. I'm not necessarily, I mean, I was a researcher for news outlets. That was my career, but I don't want to be doing that in my free time. So I kind of wish that we could just get it real from Denise. I actually liked her last season. I thought she'd be the kind of person that would give it to us. Same way Lisa Renner is giving it to us. That's sort of what I, I'm kind of shocked by this seeming about face. What I'm wondering, so this is the first time they broke the fourth wall by saying bravo, bravo, bravo on camera. And I'm wondering how long has that been a thing that maybe Ramona used, maybe other people used, you know, I feel like this must have been going on for such a long time for her to hear that, hey, if you shout bravo, bravo, bravo in the middle of a scene, they'll cut it because they don't want to break the fourth wall. Oh, that's actually, see, I didn't really, wow, I'm clearly not intellectual enough to watch reality. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe I'm just hungover as well. That might be why. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of like, have you seen Fifty Shades of Grey? I have not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not proud of it. I, I just watched it recently because <laughs> I was bored. Um, it's not something like it came out and I went to the movies. I literally just watched it a couple of days ago. And, you know, it's like he's obviously like a crazy sexual person, whatever, likes to do weird shit. I mean, some people might not find it weird. I just find it unusual. And um, when he's going too far, she has like this code word. She says red, 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 red. And then he has to stop everything. Mm-hmm. So you think that they're, they're dealing with the same thing. It's like a code word for like, yeah, yeah you guys have gone too far. Like, is Cut that what's this. going on? Well, and it seemed like up until very recently, Bravo in general was very particular about not breaking the fourth wall, not acknowledging I mean, yeah, that they're even, on a show. Even on Vanderpump Rules, which is the yes. show I recap the most, you know, they're not allowed to say the show, the show, the show. Only recently have I yes. seen them say the show, the show, the show on TV. Like when so Jax was I, like, it's my show. <laughs> it's my show. That's like a new thing on Bravo. I haven't really seen that before. And, you know, I'm kind of glad they did that because if if the if the whole breaking the fourth wall wasn't happening, we would deal with a Kardashian situation where all we're getting on TV is watching people eating salads and then have to read the news to know what the fuck is going on. And I actually think that's... <laughs> that's I mean, true. you know, I love your glam and I love your outfits sometimes. Um, your salad in a plastic bowl looks all right. Personally, wouldn't go for it. But, you know, I think it's important to take into account the fact into account the fact that this is a show. Because, you know, a, a lot of, for example, Vanderpump Rules is, you know, the dynamics that go into these relationships. Like, are you dating her just to be on the show? Are you friends with these people just to be on the show? That's such a huge part of their life. And I feel like it's really important to mention these things on Real Housewives because if there wasn't a show, Lisa Vanderpump would most probably still be friends with all these women. The only reason why these women have been arguing about a dog, which love the dogs, I'm not going to diminish that, is because... They know they are being produced. It's a war for the good press, the bad press, and what mm-hmm. people think about the situation. So I'm actually glad that this kind of was shown on camera. 
Me too. And it was interesting when Dorit was like, honey, you have to stop saying that. And then they went back five weeks and showed Denise shouting bravo, bravo, bravo during their last trip when they were in like Northern California. It just proves that all season she had been trying to control her edit. And I feel like the fight that they're all having is about her trying to control her edit rather than what they're actually fighting about. I just want to play devil's advocate here for a second. Can Do you it. blame her for doing that? Because, you know, we've all made mistakes. You know, if I ended up being on a reality show, there are so many things about myself that I wouldn't want to come out. And obviously I would sign up for it and be like, cool, like I have to own it. But can we blame her for being a little bit protective over something that maybe she's just not proud of today? I don't blame her at all, honestly. I blame her a little bit for going on the show and having issues with custody with Charlie Sheen and that kind of concerning her more than being authentic. And she maybe should have waited till the youngest daughter with Charlie was 18 to do something like this because then she would have full control. But I think I think that's the mistake. What I loved in this episode was Sutton. So finally Sutton, at the very end, they're all arguing. I hate Sutton. So she, I feel like, redeemed herself in a way I couldn't have imagined prior to this, <laughs> this episode where she said, wait a minute, do you care more about what's being said about you, Teddy, or what's being said about Denise? Because what Sutton's trying to say is that Teddy could have confronted Denise and said, I heard you were saying bad things about me without bringing up that her and Brandy allegedly slept together. And I think that is where it kind of crossed the line because that didn't involve any of the other women and Brandy's not a cast member. I think she was brought in to do confessionals as a friend of just because of the storyline. Yeah. At the same time, I think, and I know that a lot of Bravo celebrities think that way, um, I think that Teddy was like, this is my opportunity to save my spot because otherwise she would have gotten kicked out. And I know that a lot of people on Bravo, I've actually heard a lot of stories behind the scenes where people on Bravo will cr- cause some friction and drama and wait for the perfect moment to bring it up to save their spot on the show because they haven't had that much to bring to the table. You're pregnant. You can't drink. You can't blame everything on pregnancy hormones for a whole season. So Teddy kind of needed that. And so in a way, I'm fascinated with watching these relationship evolve and, you know, burn down in flames. But at the same time, so I want to see the authentic part of that. But I think what Teddy is doing is producing herself, which essentially is the same thing that Denise is doing. And I don't know what I have to say about it, but I think that she's just trying to save her spot. And a lot of people have done that in the past. I mean, when you look at Kristen from Vanderpump Rules, I compare everything to Vanderpump Rules, who um, waits for the reunion to confess and her and Max to confess their, that they hooked up to save their spot on a show because Kristen didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. But at the time, because Kristen wasn't friends with these people anymore, you know, it just kind of goes to show some people are more desperate to be on the show than they are to actually have meaningful relationships. I think that's always true. I don't yeah. think this will save Teddy. I don't think the audience likes Teddy. 
I think I haven't liked Teddy this season. Although, you know, out of all these women, I wouldn't mind having someone like Teddy as my friend, to be honest with you. I think she's solid. She's solid human. She's not going to lash out for no reason. Like she's kind of, she's a solid person. Um, on TV, not not my vibe. You solid know, people we, don't we need, make good housewives. <laughs> we need messy. We need a messy fucking housewife. You know. At the same time, all these women like what is Kyle's storyline this season? What is Rinna's storyline? You know, they're opening up, okay, but their we, lives we aren't that interesting. You can't say that about Rinna because Rinna brings a little bit of spice in any scenario. She does. She She's does. like the great bridge between all of the different stories because there's a couple different stories that, you know, are happening. And Rinna's always there to kind of bridge the gap between these stories and make them more funny with like a funny one liner or just like I, she just brings so much humor to every situation that I think someone like Rinna is necessary. You know, mm-hmm. even when she had that conversation with Denise, you know, well, she is going to have that conversation with Denise. Yeah. You know, she's just kind of there to bridge the gap, which I love. Um, someone like Kyle, I think it's over. I'm overanalyzing this situation, obviously. Someone like Kyle, I think it's very important to have that one solid OG who is fun to watch. Kyle has such a, a cool, interesting lifestyle. She's the the housewife that everyone wants to be, essentially. She has the kids, the house, the, sex, the successful, sexy husband. She still parties. And I think we need that one solid person that's an OG to kind of keep to keep the longevity, to keep interested throughout the different seasons. You know what I mean? So I do think they are essential. Whereas I don't see Teddy being essential at all. I've not grown watching Teddy. I'm not super invested in Teddy. Whereas I feel like if Kyle left, it would almost like not be the same show because I literally grew up in the last five years that I've watched the show because I was late to the party. Um, Watching Kyle, I feel like I've evolved with her. So maybe that's just me being a little sentimental and lame and whatever, but that's how I feel. What do you feel? No, I think they need to stay on. I think the only one that really needs to be cut is Teddy and that they need to bring on. I want to see them bring on Cynthia Bailey. I've said this so many times from Real Housewives of Atlanta. She is living in L.A. with her fiance, Mike, and I think that she should become a housewife. She's already friends with Garcelle in real life. I was going to ask you, what's your thoughts on Garcelle? So I like Garcelle. I don't think she's around enough. And so I'm hoping that for... She doesn't fucking like them. She doesn't like them. I don't... Yeah. I think she likes Erica. And I think she likes Dorit. I think she doesn't knew, like Kyle and Teddy. I knew her and Erica would get along. Um, You know, even outside the show, I can see them two being a good match to to be friends don't think she would necessarily like dorit in real life but who would and <laughs> i actually I mean, think they've all gotten a lot closer with dorit and they I didn't know. expect it she's better this season she's grown on me last season i was not down but i i number one that i hated last season was lisa vanderpump i'm just not i just don't well what do you think about what came out last week with adrian so how um in season three Adrian, it came out that Adrian and Paul uh, used a surrogate for her their children, and Brandy Glanville aired that on camera, and it came out that Lisa Vanderpump basically told her to do that, and she they acknowledged it like on last week's episode, 
And then this week, Adrian in an interview basically said, yeah, I believe it was Lisa that was behind it. Brandy did it. But like, I mean, come on, let's think rationally here. Mm-hmm. Lisa's marketing strategy for her restaurants is to publicize the happenings of her restaurants on TV for press to create a sort of Disneyland of bars in LA. Like Lisa is someone who will produce a show to get press on bars and restaurants, which is the last place anyone would think of having press about. She turned waiters into celebrities for press on her bars and restaurants. So can you be surprised that Lisa would try to manipulate the media in those kinds of ways? Oh, not at all. I think she tried to manipulate the show. I think she wanted, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to be an interesting show. And so she chose little like tidbits to drop all throughout since that she was a housewife. Lisa is so fucking strategic and she's a little too strategic for my liking. Mm -hmm. I just need more messiness and there's something extremely insincere about her. She's probably the most insincere housewife out of all of them. I guess I would agree because she just puts on such a show and she's the only and whenever she was caught off guard that's when she ended it that's when she stopped filming with everyone and all of the other women have been caught off guard at times by things that were brought up like Kyle when they brought up Mauricio cheating rumors and she thought that would never come out on camera she stuck it out you know in her defense they all stick it out they all stick it out in her own living in denial way Mm-hmm. I feel she's still showing us. She's still showing that it's bugging her. Whereas Lisa would not show those things. She would just deny everything and just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. With showing Denise crying, it really just, it was like, oh, girl, we can come see on. That, we can tell that it's hitting a nerve. It's Whereas hitting Lisa, a nerve. Lisa, she would just walk away from it those situations which I know people could argue that Denise does the same but we just we can see that a nerve has been hit you know what do you think of Denise's husband I can't I literally I I I I thought I couldn't despise any husband more than what's her name Emily no no not PK um, Emily from Real Housewives of OC Shane I thought that Shane was my number one most hated husband on Real Housewives and I think Denise's husband takes the Nobel Prize. Most the Nobel Prize for most irritating housewife husband <laughs> I've seen on TV. I hate him so PK much. And him are just not on the same league at all. I have been talking about him for months. I think he's like peddling pseudoscience and he's making money off people with cancer and selling them fake therapies that won't work like he is so fucking crazy who do you think you are (laughs) like you look i mean he looks like someone who sells friendship bracelets on a beach first of all i think that's what he does (laughs) yeah like pretty much, but then says that the friendship bracelets will actually, you know, make you live forever. It's so I, it's he has made me think more poorly of Denise, and I really liked her. If he just never spoke and he was not on camera much, I would have, have more ne- sympathy for her. Yeah. Totally, totally. I'm like, girl, you make bad choices. 
You married Charlie Sheen. That was not the best choice, but that's okay. Everyone's, you know, everyone makes mistakes. But then you, you know, get with a guy who's, I guess this is the best guy she's been with, (laughs) which is sad. And then you have an affair with Brandy Glanville. Out of all the people, choose someone who wouldn't blab. Who are we to tell people what to choose? If I were in the public eye to that extent, I would have probably made worse decisions than her. Because let's face it, who is strong enough for all that bullshit? It is a fucked up industry. It is a fucked up world. You cannot come out of this a complete normal human. So I'm not like judging her for doing those things, but I'm acknowledging that all the decisions she's made have been sucky. They've been pretty bad. Except except being a good mom, adopting her daughter. Like she does have some really sweet qualities about her and I appreciate those things. But I'm always devil's advocate. Um, I'm cutthroat, but I don't want to be cutthroat when it comes to people's poor decisions because I probably wouldn't have done better. I'd be lying if I said I could have done better in her situation. Yeah, I just I feel bad for her. I feel like her kids are great. I feel like she's an awesome mom. I think she's got an amazing career. She's like rescued all these dogs. She's laid back. She's more down to earth than almost all the other women. It bugs me how laid back she is. I'd rather an Erica who's like, I'm not laid back, but like, that's who I am. Oh my God, Erica. Can we talk about some of the fashion choices? So Erica in in this episode is wearing a hat that is so fancy. I don't even know like who makes it because I don't know any designers that she can't move her neck because she doesn't want to mess up the hat. So she enters the car as if she has a neck brace on, but she does not have a neck brace on. And it looks like she's been in some traumatic accident and she's like moving She's like disabled because of the hat. It's How like, to make what? yourself disabled. Then, you know, fashion, fashion. And um, <laughs> you just can't get enough. And then, of course, Kyle has to buy the most things at Fendi. And and then uh, Dorit's glam on the first night, they're just going to dinner. And it's only a few of them. They're not doing anything fancy. And she has these pearls like glued to the top of her head. Yeah. I don't mind the glam. I enjoy the glam. I don't want to watch it happening. I want to see the final product. But come on. If these bitches were showing up in aloe yoga, people would... It's like 40% of the, of the appeal of the show. Mm-hmm. No, I like it, the looks. I guess I just don't I like... I don't like the looks, but I... <laughs> I I like that they are providing us with so much yes. ammunition to criticize them. <laughs> it's inviting <laughs> us to talk about it. It's a great conversation starter when you speak about the housewives. It's low-hanging fruit. I like that they give us looks. I just don't like seeing yeah. all the build-up to it because I feel like that's filler scenes, that there are other filler scenes I would rather watch. I like watching Garcelle with her boys. I like seeing, I don't know, Sutton and all of her bizarre, like she is like a 12-year-old, you know, trapped in like a 75-year-old. Like- I've said this on other <laughs> podcasts about Sutton. I appreciate a bougie bitch. Mm-hmm. I am one. I mean, I'd like to be more of one, but like, I think <laughs> working my interior, on it, working on it, aspiring to be it, fully for a bougie bitch. Don't make other people feel bad for not being that way. So, mm-hmm. like, I get it. You want to be a fashionista, but if someone doesn't want to go out in something couture, shut the fuck up. That's all I have to say about Saturn. Well, also what Brian Moylan said last week was saying that 
you know, Sutton, what it frustrates him is like for someone with so much money, she can't dress for her body. And she's got a she, great body. I don't. I think she's too skinny. I think her legs, I mean, I don't want to skinny shame anyone. Yeah. But literally, her legs are like little matches that are walking around. Yeah. She's just like wears things that don't fit well i mean if you were remotely into fashion you would know that the new trend is having a little bit of shape down there right i like yeah i don't know i like the looks of like i like what garcelle has brought this season with her looks and garcelle is stunning she's so beautiful like fuck you garcelle like she's amazing that even Skin, the hair is always I can't I can't even when I try to look put together it does not look that way and I try fucking hard let me tell you <laughs> have you seen um her new blue hair no so it looks so good so she was on watch what happens live with Sutton and she has this like it's like a blue hue in her hair and it looks so good and I don't know tasteful anyone you know, tasteful. that can like, I mean, I guess I sort of like Teddy's pink hair. I'm not sure. But the blue in hers is awesome. What came out on Watch What Happens Live is that so they recently taped the reunion. And all the girls, like five of them, got together after. And they didn't invite Sutton or Garcelle. Wow. And uh, Garcelle unfollowed Lisa Rinna after the reunion. Can't wait to see what that's about. I know. Well, Rena was all pissed after the reunion because I, I think, think it's a little bit of defensiveness of like mm-hmm. the new girls. I don't want to lose my spot, so let's you know leave them out of the group to show them that they've got nothing to do here. And Garcelle's probably like, listen, like I'm not going to go anyhow. I had to go pick up my kids for my ex husband, but it would have been nice to be invited. Like that's what she was saying. Yeah, I don't and know. I agree. I think they they could open up more. I don't like when they act as like one cohesive group. That's why I enjoy Dorit sticking up for Denise because I don't want it to all be like a whole group of them against one person. But I like it being a little cohesive. more. Yeah. These bitches are not friends in real life. Let me tell you. They don't hang. <laughs> so who hangs in real life? Like which cast besides Vanderpump Rules? I mean, I think that Kyle and Teddy definitely hang. Yeah. Obviously, we know that Denise and Rinna had a friendship. But I just don't think these bitches hang at all. That's true. So yeah. before we go, wanted to just get, get your thoughts on both Summer House and Quarantine, because apparently they just started filming. They're yeah. going to do four full weeks. I know you love Summer House. Love this show. What are you hoping to see for this season? Honestly, I think that was a smart move. I know a lot of TV networks are like, I don't want to produce something that's rough, that's not, you know, to the highest standards. I'm, you know, ABC is like apparently very against self-filming and things. And honestly, during this time, the most annoying part of the entire process of lockdown was having to watch people living normally and me feeling like shit on my couch. So being (laughs) able to, you know... Being able to relate, like even if it's the most boring thing watching someone in quarantine, I would love to see what fuckboy Carl is doing kind of lockdown. I would love to see what Hannah Burner is doing. Like I'm intrigued. I would love to see them cope with those things, especially because they are such like characters. So I'm not mad about it. I think it's actually a good thing. It's a to me that's a good thing. I know people it's not popular opinion, but 
I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. What do you think? Oh, I am so excited for Summer House. I love it. They have enough to do in the Hamptons. There's enough things like they can go out to eat outside. They can go to wineries. They can have their pool parties. They're not going to have all the like, yeah, the cast of Southern Charm isn't going to be stopping by. But this summer, Carl is sober. And I am very interested in seeing his actual. I know it's not messy. Yeah, it's not messy. But I want to see Carl sober. Me too. Because my opinion of him is so poor because he is (laughs) such a fuck boy. Yeah. I do like Carl, but, you know, his persona is just so shitty on the show. I want to see what quarantine sober Carl is up to. I want to know what's like what kind of behavior he would have if he wasn't drunk because I feel like so much of his decision making is fueled by alcohol so I'm fascinated by this and then finally want to get your thoughts I know you've spoken about this at length especially on your podcast other podcasts but Vanderpump Rules do you see it coming back or do you think they should just completely scrap the show I'm over it done okay unless Danica was the main girl what about Danica and Dana together? Yeah. They're yeah, really well, good friends in real life. I don't I don't talk about Dana because Dana's actually one of my really close friends. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I talk about her, it's like a bit biased and like I genuinely love her as a person. Um, like I speak to her all the time, like even now, be haven't been in Europe for four months, like we're very close. But um so obviously I would love to see Dana on TV. She's my friend. I'm friendly with Danica, but obviously not as much as Dana because I haven't been around her as much. But I just think she is so dramatic, so funny, <laughs> you know, but so sweet and so, you know, emotional. And I love that. I love watching those things. You know, she has she has the it factor that Stasi had at the beginning of Enderpump Rules, which she does not have anymore in, in in my opinion. So Yeah. You know, that's that's how I would watch the the show. I I I'm not for the OGs anymore. I find them quite boring to watch. So, but I, I love Tom and Ariana. I just think the show's just taken a bad turn and I don't know how we could recover from it. But, you know, curious to see what they end up doing. I think they need to hire you <laughs> to do some uh-huh. casting because <laughs> I, I think you never. could reinvigorate it. I feel like they have such diverse people that actually work at the restaurants. Let's show that. Let's remove LVP as an executive producer. She like puts herself in the middle of everything. Let's center Tom and Ariana as like the mom and the dad kind of and then have all the young people below them and bring in some new talent some new faces some more diversity Let's have Tom Tom be the new Lisa Vanderpump yes. and have the younger generation fuck shit up I agree with you um I don't agree with you with having me on any kind of reality show because no no I not have... on like as uh, can a, producer. I be a producer yeah oh go down yeah. <laughs> go down I want you to produce Vanderpump Rules I feel like you could make something I think you could take this sinking ship and Get it back afloat. And turn it into, what was that that Jewish story? Noah. Noah's Ark. <laughs> the sinking Titanic. <laughs> Bring it back with all the animals, all the old school vibes. That's what I would do. I think, I think we just need to kind of re, re, I don't know what, but something needs to be changed. And I think A people are ready for it. They're so hungry for it 100 percent. well thank you so much for being on i appreciate it so much all the way from europe where you're able to you know do some things 
outside. Thank you and, so much you know. for having me on. I love talking to you about this stuff. Like yes. to me, I wasn't even thinking this is a podcast. I was just like, I'm so excited to talk to Mandy and just like shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. Well, tell everyone where they can find your podcast and where they can find you on social. Thank you so much. So you can find me on social at Deanna Espia. Post a lot of little beauty things. Sorry, I'm getting a call because I'm so popular. Um, <laughs> hold on. Um, beauty reality TV recaps on stories. And obviously, you can find me on the You Can't Sit With Me podcast on all podcasting platforms. I interview all your favorite reality TV people. I have people on like Mandy to recap, deep dive into the shows, critique everything. It's very savage. It's very sweet, too. It's a little bit of everything. So come say hi. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I am here with Chadwick Klein, who always has the best tweets about the Real Housewives. How are you doing, Chadwick? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. It's great to finally meet you and connect. I've always heard, you know, your thoughts sort of via social media, but I really wanted to get them. You know, this week is such a big week for Housewives. Yeah. So much happened. A lot. Before we get into The Real Housewives of New York, I have to get your thoughts on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm, I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> let's, I mean, let's break it down. Number one, before we even get into everything, how do you feel about Garcelle and Sutton as new housewives? I love Sutton. Okay. I've loved, I've loved Sutton since the, the start of the season. Really? I know the, the, in the beginning, a lot of people kind of felt a little different about Sutton and I've watched everybody on Twitter slowly start standing Sutton um and I've liked her since the start um she's just a little bit different she has a lot of money I love that I need that when I'm watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills they need to have a lot of money um you know and one of those first confessionals where she was kind of talking about each of the women and their fashions and things like that. It was that to me makes a good housewife. So I've loved Sutton. I am turning on her. I like, I like her more and more. I was confused by her and I'm still confused by her. Yeah. Um, but that sometimes makes a good housewife. i just can't quite figure out <laughs> yeah. how she gets through, through her day. She seems so bewildered by so many things, but she definitely <laughs> yes. has, principles and we learned that this week for sure you do not bring up rumors at a dinner table especially if they involve two people having sex (laughs) (laughs) yes I loved that moment when she sort of called out Teddy and said why are you talking about this here or she's like I, I even have it written down it was something like are you more upset about what Denise said about what you or what's yes. being said about Denise. And that was the thing. Because like, she's like, well, you could have just shared. Hey, Brandy said, you right. think I live in my father's shadow. And I would do anything to fit in with the group. And that really hurt my feelings. You know, you didn't have to say, oh, also, you know, Brandy told us the background with you two. Right. Yeah. No. And I think she's absolutely right. It seemed like Teddy was more upset about Denise's comments um and 
didn't really care about how putting all of this out there is going to affect Denise and her family. I mean, I think it was going to be out there anyhow because it was already on camera, but there probably were other ways to do it. At the same time, do you think people, just because they like Denise, are coming hard after Teddy because they don't like Teddy? And Denise is very likable. That if it was different housewives with the exact same story and situation, would people treat it differently? I think so. And I think I'm a little guilty of that. Uh, There's something I just like about Denise. We have the exact same birthday. What is it? February 17th. So we're both Aquarians. And I guess because of that, like, I just, I don't know. I like her and I've liked her from the start. Um, I don't like so much that she's very obviously trying to control like the narrative and bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like she does not (laughs) want them airing this stuff, but that's not how it works. She signed up for this and it's all going to be out there. Um, but a lot of people don't like Teddy either. So I feel like they are really trying to kind of put blame on that. But in the moment, I think that Sutton had a good point. Yeah, I agree. I, I can see all aspects of it. The thing I was most offended by was Denise thinking she could control the narrative, trying to shut down things. And also, she's a newer housewife. Like, I know you're Denise F. and Richards, but like, come on now. You haven't earned even the right to try to control the narrative. And I can't stand when housewives do that. No, me neither. And, you know, I read something that apparently Denise signed like a four-season contract. (gasps) Yeah, this huge contract. And she's supposed to be around for at least four seasons and I think it was like a $4 million Yep, it was payday. a million a year. Yeah, so, you know, that's bigger than um, what most of them are getting. And a lot of people are speculating, maybe that's why some of the Beverly Hills housewives aren't really, you know, digging her. Mm-hmm. She's trying to control some things. She's also getting paid a lot of money to be on the show. And so they're feeling like, okay, if we're going to be on here and putting it all out there, you need to do the exact same thing. But they're not putting it all out there. And that's why I think people are frustrated. If we got to hear more about Mauricio's situation where he's been sued and the agency, I mean, that affects Kyle or PK and Dorit, their finances, which they did address slightly in the beginning. I got to give them some credit because they did that weird little couples interview and they did talk about it. So, you know, for all the people that were saying for so long, you guys want to talk about LVPs, everything, but you won't talk about your own lawsuits or financial issues. They at least got it out there. They talked about it. So I, you know, I was glad Dory at least did that. Yeah. It, the whole thing is just very interesting. I'm not sure how it's going to go down, but if I were a producer, I would be livid that she looked the producer right in the eye, looked the cameraman and the crew in the eye and was like, if you air this, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I love those breaking the fourth wall moments yes. on Housewives. Finally. I love them. Yeah. it's it, Every time we get one of those, it's kind of like, I love it. So I loved it. The producers probably hated it. It's so interesting. Brian Moylan was on last week and he was saying that we actually, the women get a kinder edit 
than you would think that if they actually showed us everything we would dislike them all right Mm. and so you know the stuff about Ramona throwing a tantrum and how they Mm -hmm. finally broke the fourth wall on that last week that's just it's so interesting to me because it's like how many times has she done that and they shielded you know us from seeing that side of her because it makes her incredibly unlikable and we need to sort of like these women we can think they're bad people but (laughs) right I had the exact same thought you know we saw her throw that fit and say she'll quit right now first time they've shown us that how many other times has Ramona done that exact same thing especially because the other women did not flinch Luann looked at her as if like okay you're doing this again yeah you know Dorinda's like oh why is she freaking out you know what I mean it was so interesting and the first time I think I really started thinking that that was the case was on this past season of Dallas when they showed all the stuff about Leanne Locken saying Colleen Carey a chirpy Mexican and how apparently Leanne had said really offensive things in the past and they had never been aired so the other women who maybe normally would react to like wow that's a really crappy thing to say just kind of were like oh this is another scene that's gonna get cut and we're not gonna address it you know and then when it became quite clear that it was gonna get addressed then they all had to take a side and yeah you know No, that's a good point. And you actually did get to see that kind of play out where in the beginning they weren't so phased by it. And then slowly you start to see them all sort of realize, okay, we we have to to exactly like you said, take a side because it's going to air and it's going to be on the show. Oh, Aww. man. It was so interesting. Even Lisa Renna tried to talk to Denise. And as they were walking up, she's like, not here. Yeah. It's like she only will talk without the cameras. And it's girl... Crazy. That is not what you signed up for. Nope. <sighs> okay. Speaking of what people have signed up for, Leah McSweeney on The Real Housewives of New York is letting it all out. She is not hiding a single thing. Do you agree with me that she is the best addition that we've seen since Dorinda? Absolutely. Oh I my love God. Leah. She's so good. She She's- is. She's so good. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. So it starts off immediately after Ramona's party. And so, you know, they're still all reeling from the night before. And um, lo and behold, we finally do get to see the spa day that Luann is holding for the women of Fortune Society. What did you think of Luann's clip-on bangs? (laughs) No, the bangs are are not for Luann, um, you know. And I, I actually do see a little bit of Catherine McPhee there, though. Ramona, yes. Ramona called it. She I said, know. "You look like the the girl who married the older man, the which, older gentleman." <laughs> yeah, we all know is David Foster. Um, and I swear, Luann even said, "Oh, Christine." Like she oh thought her name God. was Christine McPhee. Um, she took it as a compliment, but those bangs were not working for her. Yeah, well, Catherine McPhee, McPhee took it as a compliment, too, because she tweeted at, Lu- at Luann, like, oh, I love you. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, kind of obsessed with seeing Luann play the older version of one of Catherine McPhee's characters now. <sighs> yes. Oh, my that God. Needs to happen. I'm sure Luann is obsessed with that as well. <laughs> oh, for sure. 
Do you have a favorite New York housewife? Oh, man, this is so hard. I have a huge soft spot for Sonia Morgan. Um, she's one of my favorites. Um, as messy as she has been this season, I still love Sonia. And when I read rumors about, you know, who they're possibly getting rid of, and I see Sonia's name on there, I, I hate it because I feel like she needs the show. That that townhouse, it's too much for her. I, I don't truly think she could afford it if she didn't have the show. Um, and I don't think her Sonia by so- Sonia Morgan line is is going to bring in the money she needs to keep that townhouse. So, well, can we talk about that for a second? Ooh, <laughs> what yes. came out today? Sonia by Sonia Morgan. Remember how they they showed her line at Century Twenty One, and she's like, "I have no idea how we got all this merchandise and how we made it." You know, <laughs> okay. Turns out. That her luxury fashion line is just a bunch of stuff from Wish, and she's reselling it at a huge, huge markup. Wow. Yeah. So uh, when I order from Wish, it takes a month or two to get an item. So how, how did she get those clothes so fast? I'm thinking it's like one of her business people that does stuff, because she doesn't seem to know anything that's going on, right? But for her to act like she designed this stuff and for the women mm. to be impressed, you know, because I would be impressed if I saw, you know, my friend have all these clothes that she supposedly designed in a big retail store in New York City. Two of course. Course. You know, and, <laughs> and she's just taking it from other people. Oh, Sonia, if it was anyone else, I would be like, grifter. <laughs> right, exactly. But in a way, I like... I don't even want to put it out there because I, I, know. I feel bad. Does she know this? Exactly. I, I feel like she doesn't even know this. I don't think she knows anything about her own finances, about her own business stuff. She seems so confused whenever people give her facts. Like when she yeah. went out to New Jersey <laughs> to meet that man. And she's like, wait, you mean that we're not we're not making money? Yeah, that was the first time she had looked at like a profit loss statement um, because every other venture that she's had so far never got to that point. (sighs) Sonia, so back at the spa day, (laughs) Um, there was just a lot of tension between Ramona and Leah and Ramona just won't, she completely ignores her. Can we also talk about... Oh, go ahead. She wouldn't even make eye contact with Leah. But she she avoided her She does that regularly with people in general. Like, even if you think of that first... Like, earlier this season, there was that younger guy at the first night party. The one where they all got together, where Dorinda and Tinsley got into it. Ramona walks in. She knows that man. And she pretends like she has no idea who that man is and just keeps going. <laughs> it's like <laughs> That's Ramona. It it is Ramona. She is so has such difficult uh, she she can't treat anyone the way she wants to be treated. She can't. No. It's impossible for her. So um, it's also really painful to watch her have the conversations with the female, like, former convicts, like the women who'd gotten out of prison, and she's 
asking them and yeah she would she wouldn't even say the word prison I remember her talking to the girl and she asked like when she got out but she she alluded to it and we knew what she was talking about but she wouldn't say the word the woman was like from from prison (laughs) right (laughs) but Ramona wouldn't say it like she I would like to think that she that she does truly care but something about that scene just seemed fake it was I don't know if it's fake I think she just never interacts with people good point that aren't exactly like her or think like her or act like her so it's like shocking to her so when she hears that this woman you know was put in prison at age 17 you know not even she was just a child yeah and that had to serve multiple years and then you know then the girl was like yeah well I was at the wrong place at the wrong time Luann says yeah tell me about it (laughs) yeah it's like Luann you didn't have to serve time in prison what the hell are you talking about was she in jail one night one night like if that oh my god it's not the same thing and you were not 17 right and and I appreciate Luann doing this Um, I, I feel like it was an earnest but you know it's just not the same thing at all. It's interesting. Last week on Watch What Happens Live, Leah mentioned that Luann, like she also was nervous to watch the scenes uh, with Luann and these women who had been in prison. But that Luann, I guess now, is like very well aware of the privilege that she has as a white upper class woman not having to actually have jail time and other women you know had they resisted an arrest and threatened to kill a police officer yeah you know sneak out of their own handcuffs out of the back of a cop car it wouldn't have been laughed about it wouldn't have been a cutesy joke between girlfriends it it you know they could have lost their lives (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm hoping that there is i don't think ramona will ever ever no. understand that <laughs> no and as much as much as as avery tries to uh teach her um at ramona lives in her upper east side bubble and has for so long she's just oblivious to so much and she really she just there's some things that she just doesn't get but like she didn't have this wealthy childhood right no so no. like it like she wasn't always this way. She had been exposed to other people prior. Right. Why? Yeah. Do you really think Avery is helping her? Do you think Avery's a little monster like she is? Oh, I think Avery is definitely a little monster. But Avery is smart enough to read social media yeah. and know what you can say and cannot say. Um, and that's how she helps her. But absolutely, she, she is a monster just like Ramona. Oh, my God. These women. So (laughs) after Ramona basically is ignoring Leah, she she finally loses it. And she's like, Ramona is a terrible person and everybody knows it. She's a bitch. She doesn't support women and she's phony and she singles me out. And then, you know, she tells Sonia, like, she doesn't treat you well either. And Leah just leaves. And good, good on her. Like, I feel like they all get along with Leah. It's only Ramona that has yep. an issue. And if it's truly um, like troubling for Ramona based on her background of growing up in an abusive alcoholic home, 
to see Leah change personalities like when she drinks um I can understand that but again it's not about you Ramona right right this isn't about you her behavior may trigger something in you but you need to learn to compartmentalize absolutely and it's not as if these other women don't also devolve into animals when they drink that's true I think it's more than just that I think it's Leah's younger and I think Ramona is smart enough to realize that when Bravo starts bringing in younger cast members, she's probably not going to be around as long as those younger cast members. Well, not if she can't get along with them. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I I do think there is something different when Leah drinks that we haven't seen. Maybe we see it with Dorinda in a way where she gets real mean, but we've become familiar with it, right? We know what Sonia's drinking is like. Luann, we never saw her get to the place that she did the night she was arrested that's not been on camera before not like that so you know it, it is troubling to to witness someone just really behave very like it was like she couldn't control her body she like m- contorted herself she <laughs> like it's like she couldn't control her anything it was just yeah. wild and insane and it, it seemed very different from what she's like sober which was scary to people to witness and I think maybe they even held back on what they showed us yeah that wouldn't surprise me and I think I think part of this is that we knew because Leah said so that she had stopped drinking for so long that her mom does not want her to drink um and because we had that context then to see her start drinking kind of as part of the show and then do those things I think it made how I reacted much worse because I, I'm thinking she she knows obviously she can't handle her alcohol. It seems like she's drinking to sort of fit in with the group and be on the show. And this is what happens. Not a, not a good idea. Yeah, not a good idea. Then the ladies go to Mexico. <laughs> Cancun. <laughs> oh, it just made me so like want to get on an airplane. Oh, I know. Chadwick, I, I need a vacation. When are we going to ever get on a plane again? <laughs> 2021, fingers crossed. Maybe. I don't know. Well, countries let us in. <laughs> There's like this map I posted on Twitter. Um, that I saw that like there's only like a cop like a handful, less than five countries in the world will let Americans enter right now. Yeah, it, it's it's bad. <sighs> so bad. Okay, so. That house is gorgeous. But why do they keep going to Mexico? Somebody else brought that up. It it seems like the Roni women go to Mexico a lot. Um, And I don't know. I want international, like overseas cast trips. Um, I get that Mexico, you know, to go there is is cheaper. Um, I don't know. They... I guess they love it. <laughs> I mean, do you, I wonder, like, is it like a budget thing? I mean, at this point, though, we're, we're so far in. I would just imagine they could go somewhere overseas. It's just odd that they're the ones that don't. Yeah. You know, like that don't cross an ocean. Yeah. It's so weird to me. I mean, the Dallas ladies went to Thailand. Yeah. You know, we've we've had such great vacations, even on much, you know, cast that uh, franchises that don't get the same level of publicity as Roni. 
I just I want to see them and especially because we know that this next coming year we're not going to see a lot of trips if we get seasons at all so you know it's just like ah why did you waste it on a place that we've seen you go we know this we know what happens in Mexico (sighs) that's just my own frustration (laughs) Um, (laughs) so um Ramona then like kind of tries to get Sonia on her side with the whole uh, Ramona versus Leah, basically saying that she was hurt and embarrassed by Leah and said that Leah showed her vagina. And we see like footage from last week of her dancing and her dress riding up and like you see a bit of her butt cheek and then Ramona comes and like puts it down. And I'm sure that at some point she would have noticed that when she was dancing that her dress was riding up and she would have pulled it down. So I, I don't understand why. It's definitely not the same thing as seeing your vagina. No, and I, I don't know if if maybe one of Ramona's uh, MAGA rally birthday party friends <laughs> thought they saw Leah's vagina and and, you know, told Ramona that, but... Absolutely not. Her privates were not exposed. Like you said, Leah would have pulled that dress down, but Ramona rushed over there so fast. She did it. So the whole thing is so weird. That whole party is weird. It's weird to throw a party for yourself at 63 that you make such a big deal out of. The craziest part was asking each of her friends for a hundred dollars to get that that bag. Like let your friends choose a gift for you if they choose to give you a gift. Okay. <laughs> like, and Ramona can afford a bag. Come on. Right? Like, she, she's not hard up for money. She can afford her own bag. That was just a very weird, like, I, I wouldn't expect even a 16-year-old to, to do something like that. So weird. <laughs> the narcissism is, like, off the chart. Like, I know they all suffer from a level of narcissism, right? You have to, to be a good mm-hmm. housewife. But... Hers is is so out there, (laughs) you know, and then Sonia agrees and says, you know, you need to reel it in before you know people and you can't show your hoo-ha unless you're Sonia Morgan. I wonder (laughs) why are there such different standards for Sonia? You know, I, I think part of it is that Sonia knows or has known a lot of the women that were at Ramona's birthday party for a very long time. Um, because they were all in the same circles. And she even made a comment about how she, Ramona wouldn't know some of those women if it wasn't for Sonia. So in a way, maybe those women are used to Sonia acting the way that she acts. And Mm -hmm. because Leah's not from that circle and because Ramona feels like she's so much better than Leah, um, it's a complete double standard. It's just interesting when she thinks... It's just interesting when she thinks things are déclassé and they're definitely, I mean, all the things she does are déclassé. Asking friends to give you $100, put in $100 each towards a birthday gift that you picked out, that's déclassé, okay? <laughs> that's more déclassé than anything else I could have possibly thought of. It is so tacky. Oh, Ramona. Oh, Ramona. Um, But then the real thing comes out, why Leah's upset, which is that Ramona had gossiped um, to Sonia about Leah having bipolar disorder. 
And it turns out that Ramona's friends went online and were searching Leah's blog and they found it in a blog. And then Ramona assumed that Leah was on medication for bipolar, which many people who have that disorder are on medication. And she is right that it is not good to mix that medication with alcohol. And she's like, well, maybe that's why her behavior changes so much um, when she drinks. Uh, but still, she's gossiping about this and not in a in a really negative light and making just such harsh judgments without if she was really worried, you know, about Leah, which if I had seen Leah's behavior, you know, if I was a friend or an acquaintance or a coworker, I probably would say like, hey, how like is everything going on? You know, like, you know, how are you doing? Like, I was a little bit concerned watching you change so much. You know, you seem very different when you drink. It made me a little nervous for you, you know, and then see how it went from there. Um, But yeah, that's not where she was coming from with that information. You know, and I have been known to be a Ramona apologist because I just feel like she is so oblivious to things. And so just unashamed in, in how she acts that I, I don't think she knows how she how she is sometimes and in this case I, I truly think she thought she was coming up with an excuse for Leah's behavior and it was a way to say oh so that's why she's acting this way okay and I don't think it was malicious should she have talked about Leah's mental health no but I think she thought that was the explanation of, of why Leah was acting this way. And so Ramona was using that to, to justify it. Um, but it, it was still wrong. Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel like for the longest time, it's been like, Ramona's a monster, but she's our monster. Exactly. And something about this season and seeing her response to the coronavirus and gallivanting around without a mask and, you know, while everyone else is trying to <laughs> follow the rules and just everything with Black Lives Matter, it just feels extra painful to yes. accept this, like her excuses. But I do agree that she has this quality where she is continuously shocked by people's reaction to her behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So I, she she knows when someone's upset, but she's not quite sure what she did that caused them to be upset. So then she just apologizes. She's yeah, like, I, I upset you. I'm sorry. Like she oh, she goes through it over and over and she can recognize on someone's face that they're upset with her, but she never she can't break down what she did that was yeah, hurtful. And I think her friend group is so used to Ramona that they accept that so quickly and they, they take her apology so quickly. And I think Elise showed us that um, a few episodes back, um, you know, she was kind of into it with Ramona and there was some social media stuff. Um, and then they had a conversation and it was just gone. And Elise was in Ramona's lap hugging her. Yeah, but I also feel like Elise and Ramona are real friends. And so she knows so much more about Ramona and Ramona's past and why Ramona does what she does. You know, we've all had a friend or two who have poor behavior, right? And 
especially when we're younger and who act out in a group setting and other people look at you like, hey, your friend is kind of losing it. And you're like, yeah, I know they, but they had this rough childhood and their parents, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and it's like, there's always excuses that at some age, and I don't know what age that is. Like you have to learn to become responsible for your own behavior and come up with your own coping mechanisms to stress that aren't acting like a child. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like 63 is way past that age. It's tough because it's like in college, there's so many more excuses, right? Because you just are transferring into like the sort of adult world and you're not really like you're an adult legally, but you still don't know anything. And then you're in your 20s, you're still learning. And like by the time you're 30, like you should like learn some basic coping skills. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like like get yourself a therapist, like figure it out. Oh, Ramona. Well, I felt so bad for Leah with this because it's clear that this is an issue that is very painful for her, that she's not embarrassed by, but that is the source of a lot of pain and that she's had a lot of difficulty. And I was looking up in the DSM-5 before this, like bipolar 2, because she was like very specific about the 2. I caught that. Yeah. So are you familiar with it at all? I'm not. So... I guess bipolar 2, you have hypomania, but not as much mania where you can like have psychotic breaks. So it's like you do have manic episodes, but they usually you're still like functioning, which is really, I mean, this is my understanding of it, which is I'm not a psychologist, (laughs) but I think it's sometimes harder for people to grapple with because they become like extremely productive when they're in their like hypomanic episodes and they enjoy how they feel and that they find the problem to actually be depression and they have like very severe depressive episodes um in between the the mania and so when she kept talking about it she did mention bipolar 2 but she also was saying like my depression and then it sounds like a lot of people get incorrectly diagnosed because it's harder to figure out those like hypomanic episodes. And anyway, you <laughs> know, like... I, I was a little surprised when she said that she wasn't on medication. I, it's interesting. I think it's tough. It's it's those medicines. I think people like don't like the side effects of and if they find ways to manage it otherwise but I think a lot of times it sounds like people will like go off medicine for a bit eventually go back on something try and find other ways oh yeah you know who knows but it sounds like but ain't no shame in the medicine game right (laughs) I am all for antipsychotics antidepressants whatever whatever floats your boat that your doctor thinks is needed for you and your health that you can use is all good by me so no judgment no judgment here um but I did feel so bad because it seemed like that really hurt her deeply because she knows this is then going to come out it's going to be a storyline um, but I appreciate how much she owns everything about herself and her story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Leah is, is that way. And she is, she's very free and she, she does, she owns every part of her. And I think that's another thing that, 
that Ramona resents um, because she's not that way. Ramona, we've seen her act one way around one group of friends and then another way um, when she's with her other one percenters. And she is so worried about her image and how she comes off to people. Um, and Leah's not. Leah's so open and free and uh, Leah, or Ramona does not like that. I also just appreciate like talking about mental illness and medication because it's just so common. Break the stigma, talk about it. It's interesting. Um, Sonia had talked about multiple times that she had been on medication and would go off of it and have all these problems. Um, and then she'd go through all these detoxes and do juice cleanses and go to spas and, you know, but she never talked about it in a way that was like as honest or as clear as how Leah talks about it. Yeah, I agree. It, it's something that they shouldn't be ashamed to talk about. Um, of all of the things that have been discussed and brought to light on The Real Housewives, um, it, it's just mental health is one of those things that, like you said, it still has so much stigma around it that even on reality TV, um, people aren't always open and honest. So I, I really do appreciate that Leah was. Me too. I really appreciate her. So then we basically see Sonia get super drunk. They can't figure out why because she was drinking Diet Coke, but apparently there was a little rosé in there. (laughs) I've never (laughs) heard of a more disgusting combination than Coca-Cola and rosé. That worries me more than her being drunk. It's like, just drunk sneaking? Because they did sit down with her at the, like, salon day and say, like, we're a little concerned for you. You jumped on a ottoman with a mirrored plate and you stomped on it and glass was flying everywhere. You could have hurt someone. You could have hurt yourself. What the hell is going on? We're nervous. And then she's like, okay, well, I'll go back to just drinking, like, wine and champagne instead of vodka. But I feel like that's <laughs> it's not the problem. So then right. she's sneaking wine into Diet Coke, and none of them can figure out how she got to be so drunk. But she's so lovable. She is, and I'm worried for Sonia, because I don't think that it's just alcohol. We've seen think? her drink for years and get sloppy drunk even Uh, but Sonia's on another level this season and there's something wrong I mean I'm thinking of how many seasons ago were is that where she didn't even know what decade she was in oh and she was saying she partied with John John (laughs) and like (laughs) oh yeah I mean that's terrifying right yeah so I was wondering then if she was on medication and drinking you know because oh Who knows what makes these women behave this way? Well, but the hypocrisy is so obvious at this point because Sonia is continuously drinking. She was drinking at Ramona's party. She's drinking in Mexico. She's behaving ridiculously. She is completely naked in front of the people that were doing their hair. And so how could you say that that's okay, but Leah's dress riding up while she's dancing is a problem? Oh, exactly. And it's because that wasn't in front of Ramona's 50 best friends. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and <laughs> it's just so hypocritical of Ramona. This, the whole, it's such a double standard. Ramona treats Leah one way for her behavior and Sonia another way for her behavior. When quite honestly, Sonia has been just as bad, if not worse, than Leah. 
I completely agree. I just, I don't know. She, it's because that Sonia's already her friend and she treats the people in her circle differently. And for whatever reason, Sonia gets a pass. Elise doesn't. She doesn't give Elise or even Luann or any of them the passes that she gives Sonia. But this is funny because, like, don't you think her friends think, so, like, they either like that she's on The Real Housewives of New York and enjoy the perks that come with having a friend who's on the show, or they they judge her for it, but kind of secretly like to still come to events and see what it's about. I think for the most part, it's probably the first. Yeah. They, they like the perks. They like that she's on the show. Um, yeah. It's just so bizarre that, I don't know, that she's always trying to impress these people. It's like she's always social climbing. It's like, where else do you want to go? You're where, you're in the, what, the top 1% of New York and how you talk about it. You go to the Hamptons all the time. You fly to Florida. You go to Europe. Like, you, what, what else do you want? You're in the group of people that do all of those things. And you're 63. <laughs> Like, what what else? Like, uh... You're right. I bet age has something to do with it that Dorinda pointed out. She said, you have something that Ramona will never get, which is youth, to, about Leah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Any sort of final thoughts on this week's New York? One thing that I thought was hilarious and, and cringy was Ramona telling the chef at the ceviche station, how to make ceviche. It's just such a Ramona thing to do. Such a Ramona thing to do. I, (laughs) it's like, what? These women are just, I really do hope that next season there are more of them because five doesn't seem, it seems too small. A number of housewives. I know Bethany quit unexpectedly before. I know Tinsley left halfway through filming. You know, so they're making do with what they've got. But why not ask Elise to come to the, you know, the Mexico trip? Yeah, that was so strange to me. As much as she has filmed and been on the show so far, I was really surprised to see that she didn't go on the cast trip. I don't know. The whole thing is very odd. I hope that Bravo continues to break the fourth wall over and over and over again. Because yes. um, Brian Moylan's book that's coming out next year on the housewives like goes into a lot of financial stuff, right? How much do they get paid? How much do they make as a result of their name and their brand being out there? You know, how the contracts are negotiated. All of that is so fascinating to me. And I'd like to watch it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even more than just the show itself, because once they're on for multiple seasons, it's becomes, yeah, it's the show. And then it's like, then they argue about the show. Yep. Yeah, that, no, I, oh, I agree I with it. you. I, I love all of those same things. All of the behind the scenes details. Give, give it all to me. So any like, do you have any like big hot takes on housewives? Like who are your top three favorite housewives on today not housewives that have that have passed (laughs) lisa renna okay she's my top i love lisa renna i think she was exactly what beverly hills needed yes a lot of people hate her and i'm the the petty type of person that when someone the majority of people hate someone i 
rally behind them. And I love to then like put out as much Lisa Rinna love as I can, just because I see all of the tweets on my timeline bashing her. Um, I love Lisa. I love her too. Uh, let's see. Who else do I love? Portia. Oh my God. Portia is incredible. She is like a top tier housewife. There is basically nothing negative you could say about her. (laughs) There's nothing I can't. Besides, I'm not the biggest fan of Dennis, but you know. Exactly. I was just about to say, (laughs) besides the Dennis thing, she to me is the queen of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And then do you watch Potomac? Absolutely. I love Potomac. I cannot wait for this I'm just counting down the hours at this point. (laughs) Ugh. Do you have a favorite on Potomac? Karen. Karen, yeah, I know. Same. The Grand Dame. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Karen. The wig shift is one of the most iconic <laughs> moments in Housewives history. That and the mime when she was out oh. in Bethesda, because I live in the in DC. So like Bethesda's not far. You know, I know exactly where they were at when this happened. And it's just like it's so much funnier. It was comedy gold that they truly had no clue who this mime was, why he was there. (laughs) She was like not having it. At all. It was amazing. There was this great article I posted on Twitter about the Real Housewives of Potomac and the big altercation. Um, But one of the things in the article, because they interviewed four of the housewives, including Karen, and one of the things that um, Karen had said was basically like when she had watched the housewives, like before they had come to Potomac or anything, she was like, I could do that. Like, I would be good, you know? And she's like, if they ever come looking, I'm here. (laughs) And then she's like, and then they found me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, her and the Black Bill Gates. Oh, I love it. I love it. I just, it's so perfect. I can't wait to recap it. Oh, I hate that so many people have slept on Potomac. I think more and more people are getting on board, but it's one of the ones that I tell everyone, you have to watch this. I don't know how I missed the first two seasons of it, like when it first aired. I just wasn't, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention. I've missed a lot. Like I missed Southern Charm. It took me to like season four of Southern Charm to like go back and watch the beginning um, you know, there's a lot of shows like that I just take a little while to get into. But as soon as I watched Start of Season 3, I was like, oh my God, what is this? This is a perfect show. I yeah. love it. I need to go back and figure this all out. Who's your least favorite from Potomac? Um, so normally it would be Candace because she frustrates me. But I do think she is good for the show. Mm-hmm. I love Monique, but her persona off camera, I'm mm. having some issues with. Mm. Yeah. She's uh, got a lot of pr- very problematic views that like conspiracy theorist stuff, um, yeah. which really lead to people dying. And that's, I'm not cool. I don't like people dying. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I, I sort of wish I had never seen that because I loved Monique so much. I beforehand, know. but I, I I can't stand with that. I can't I can't get down with that that stuff. But yeah, I love. I mean, Karen's the one that I love the most. But um, Robin is an interesting character too because I'm always like, she, <laughs> she just doesn't seem as like she doesn't get into it in the way that the other women do. Like she doesn't yell. She doesn't like read people for filth. But for some reason, she seems integral 
Yes. You know, so I, yeah. yeah, it's just, I haven't seen that kind of style housewife that just kind of like gets by. Um, yeah. I know. I'm thinking in general of like my favorite housewives. I really like Stephanie Holman too, but you know, I know, but like all the ladies on Dallas are kind of problematic in that they like are like, oh, like LGBTQ rights, yay, gay pride. And then they like support an administration that, you know, really hates gay people and um, yeah. does passes really hurtful things. That being said, I think Stephanie Holman is a nice person. I think on a one on one level, she's incredible. And I think she has a good sense of humor. And she talked about mental health in a way that we had not seen on Housewives. Um, yeah. Very open, very honest and very needed and Mm -hmm. i love that she showed that you could have a good sense of humor and be a fun person and still struggle with depression because i think the way that it was painted on vanderpump rules with ariana it's like oh she's she's a wet blanket because she has depression and you don't get to see all the times Ariana is fun and quick-witted and dancing all night to Britney Spears which you know she does because we've seen her before. Right. You know? Yeah, I love Ariana. Oh, Ariana is like, <laughs> what, what do you think is going to happen with Vanderpump Rules? I've been asking everyone this week. I have no idea. I don't know what they're going to do with this series. I think they need, obviously they've let go of some people. I think there's some others that they should probably move on from. I would be fine if we just had a Tom Tom focused. Yep show give me that um find more interesting diverse newbies to bring on Mm -hmm. and there we go that's what i've been saying okay well where can everyone find you chadwick uh people can find me at o chadwick on twitter awesome are you on instagram at all i am my name on instagram is just chadbad chad bad like that yeah. well thank you so much for being on thank you for having me and we will have to chat again soon yes hi everyone i am here with my dad Ilya, and his soon-to-be wife my soon-to-be stepmom joyce how are you guys doing we're doing okay mandy <laughs> You seem a little nervous. How are you, baby? I'm good. So I had talked to you guys a few weeks ago about being on the show, and I had given you an assignment of something to watch, and I wanted to get your thoughts. But it appears that maybe one of you failed to do the assignment. Who would that be? <laughs> it's not me, Mandy. <laughs> I don't need to watch the show with a bunch of the foreigners. You know? I'm the <laughs> So I asked you guys to watch 90 Day Fiance the other way because I thought it would be interesting. You know, Dad, you're from Russia and Joyce, you're from the U.S. And my mom grew up in the U.S. as well. So, like, is it interesting to watch people like have these relationships cross-cultural and then the Americans going abroad? And I don't know, Joyce, you're the one that actually watched the show. (laughs) What did you think? We did talk about it a little bit and two things came to mind. One, most of the couples were quite a bit younger than we are. Yeah. So there was that difference of falling in love as a young person versus falling in love when you're more on your senior years. 
um, there was only one of the people on the show that was maybe in our age category. And that's the woman who was um, engaged to the Indian. Oh, yes. Yes. What did you think of that? That was interesting because someone planted the seed in her mind that perhaps he hadn't started his divorce and she was all about getting married to him. And I saw her go to some kind of a um, attorney and ask for some paperwork that would prove that they were actually starting the divorce process and then hearing what it's like in India takes forever and there's no paperwork pattern behind it and perhaps his will go better than some people's perhaps it won't that was kind of interesting to watch her and i got the impression that the rest of his family is not very happy about her joining that relationship yeah there's a couple relationships with older women and younger men before i met your father on my list of things i would have preferred would have been a younger man (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. oh, well. Someone younger I'm than you. <laughs> you act younger than me sometimes, but you're biologically a little bit older. Only how, how what's your age difference? A year and a half? A year and a half. Okay. A little bit older. So, Dad, you didn't actually watch the show, did you? No, but I heard <laughs> a lot about it from both you and Joyce. So, Dad, you came here from another country. What was the most confusing thing? Pretty much the everything, I think. <laughs> because, well, I mean, you have to understand that uh, growing up in the Soviet Union, uh, you really don't know anything. It was, you know, behind the Iron Curtain. So there was no uh, the ability to get accurate information about the life in the United States. So when I came here, everything was new. Everything was different. The relationships between people, the concepts, the standards, uh, everything. Was that the cat? (laughs) Yeah, the cat is here. I think she has another week to live. Oh. I don't know what we're going to do, Mandy. You think she's really at the end? I... I It's going to happen. We, um... We're out on the deck and he took two folding chairs and put them across the stairs at the deck so that the cat could have an outdoor experience. This was the first time she's ever been outside since she was about six months old. You know, free to roam. (laughs) She was sniffing the air and putting her head in between the slats of the deck. But she cannot jump out. I mean, if she were... The younger, she would just... Oh, yeah, she'd be gone. There's nothing there to get on alone and be gone. But she's so old, I knew we would be safe. How old is she? 19? I think she's going on 20. 20. Oh, yeah. 19 is pretty, pretty old for a cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a friendly cat. I mean, it's really the gorgeous cat. Although she looks pretty shaggy. She looks kind of <laughs> these days. She was a pretty cat when, when you, she was younger. You touch her? The hair just flies. Hair <laughs> continuously. I mean, yeah. He said to me, "I could make a sweater with her hair." That's <laughs> okay. Nothing wrong with cat's hair. <laughs> you love that cat. He does. I love. Did he tell you he bought her a dish that has a little picture of a cat at the bottom of the dish, so that 
so that she no longer had to go all the way downstairs for water. I mean, so have water how right would there you in the like office. Me? Think about yourself. You are like 98 years old, and you have to go downstairs, like two flights of stairs, to get to a place where you can poop and drink. So I, <laughs> we moved everything up here so she can drink now in my office. And she comes all the time. She drinks. Yeah. She drinks now. Yeah. So yeah. it's good. And we're giving okay. her those the treats. I think it helps with your diet in general. You think so giving I, her treats helps her diet? Yeah. We're giving her... Now she has the balanced diet because we started to the mix what? So we mix turkey, chicken, beef, and um, the seafood one. The shrimp, shrimp, shrimp and salmon. So it's about these are the flavors food. of the treats though. You're not like giving her shrimp. No, no. flavor of treats. It's flavors of treats, but it for the cat, since they don't have bread and veggies and fruit, that's all food groups. <laughs> Balance diet. Today <laughs> we got the rest of the stuff that you sent for the dog. Boy, okay. this boy. You got him a game. You got him a game. I got her, yeah. I bought Stasi a game because I, I want mean, her to. the child. I mean, you have a dog, you dog playing games. Dog <laughs> What's a puzzle? intellectual <laughs> she has to move the bones or something yeah i don't know i read that you know it's a good way to keep a dog's mind going so you hide food <laughs> nobody takes care of me my mind is going and might be bringing you a puzzle too. I don't know. Do you want me to bring you a puzzle and hide food in it? No. <laughs> oh no, I'll be very frustrated. I'll never solve it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. Well, I know that you didn't really get into 90 Day Fiance, Dad, but there is a reality show that you absolutely love that I think you probably want to tell my listeners about. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I think it's the best, the, the reality, the show out there. It's called The Life Below Zero. It's about the random people who live in the middle of the, the nowhere, behind the Arctic the Circle in Alaska and uh, basically live in extreme isolation. So I think that's uh, the show that uh, everybody should watch, I think. When did you start watching it? Uh, I think about eight or 10 years ago. Oh, a long time ago. Okay. It's been going on for a while. And you know, you get the close to people, pretty much like you get the close to the characters on the shows that you are watching. I mean, you need to look beyond people trying to cut the caribou into pieces for hundreds of the time. I think it's much more than that. It's a, it's a show about the philosophy. It's okay. a show that you can relate to, especially now you do, during the COVID, the time when people are forced to be, you know, locked in and there are, there are apartments or houses. Here you deal with people who choose to be alone by themselves. And the bulk of the show is really their way 
of explaining why they choose this form of life. It's not just about hunting for the animals. It's the philosophical the approach, why they choose to do what they do. And I find it very interesting. Joyce, do you watch the show? Oh, it was an early indoctrination. It was very important that I see <laughs> Life Below Zero <laughs> as we're trying to find television that we both like to watch. And I have enjoyed several of the episodes, believe it or not. It's kind of interesting to see what they do gadget-wise to make things work. And I haven't seen that many of them. It takes time. But, uh, <laughs> they give it some time and uh, the I'll Jews became you know, a big fan of the show. Why don't you share how you met? Because that's what? nice. How, you, how we met. We met on the, on the, the dating site. Okay, so which dating site? Uh, our time. Uh, it's for people over the 50. Ben gave me the quota. I have to report to him five dates every month. So I had to do something. You actually wrote my the profile. I know. If I remember correctly. It was horrible the first time I looked at it. It was the horrible because it was honest. <laughs> it was well... I said, I'm new to the site. Do you have any advice? And the very first thing you said to me was, well, at our age, we don't change very easily or quickly. And our expectation of the people we're going to meet is probably better than what it's going to actually turn out to be. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What a a charmer, Dad. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) Somehow it still worked. I mean, I know I did everything I could to spoil the relationship. I liked it was so honest. But I was honest. I mean, I didn't know her at that point in time. It was in the beginning. It was okay to be open. <laughs> <laughs> now now it's not okay to be open? <laughs> now it's more important. To no. be open. That's a very good answer. <laughs> so that's, she didn't want to meet me. We've been talking on the online for a while, going back and forth. But um, after a while, maybe three weeks, I said, okay, would you like to meet for a cup of coffee? And she said, no. Let's keep talking. That was sort of unusual. That's the first time I got that the type of response. But it was okay. Let's keep talking. So it took a while before she felt comfortable to meet me in person. And then we had a we had a date at the most the the romantic the place of them all. I think you the listeners should know that. <laughs> what? The most the romantic the place is the Applebee's. Oh, dear God, Dad. Applebee's. I can't believe you brought her to Applebee's. Yes. it was. A, we met for the lunch before we wanted to go see a movie. Remember that? Oh, well, it's, it's the restaurant right next to the movie theater. Yes. Yes. And he loves that date so much, he forgets we actually had a date before that, which was at Baccio's, a very <laughs> nice upscale <laughs> restaurant, nice dinner with wine, and then... This was date number two. We were going to go to a movie and just get something to eat before the movie. And we but we never there. got to the movie. We never got around. We stayed there for six hours. Talking, talking, talking. It was very romantic. Very romantic. Applebee's <laughs> like. What were you thinking, Joyce? I was just amazed that conversation flowed so easily and we just continued to talk. I didn't realize I made a mistake early on by saying to you, well, Let's meet, and if we're attracted to each other, fine. But if we're not, I still want to be your friend because by then we had developed quite a friendship in our writing. And he told me later, 
I do not want to be your friend. <laughs> well, I didn't, I, that was a little bit a scary thing. I mean, what is she? I mean, she doesn't want to have a relationship. I mean, I'm not in this thing for the friendship alone. I, you know, I wanted to have a relationship. Then I realized it was more like the defensive approach in mm-hmm. case of no the attraction, we could still have a relationship. But uh, I didn't look at it that way. I, I had no attraction so right away. That was so, your second uh, date. That was number two. And then number three was the Super at Bowl. my home, he came and watched the Super Bowl. And I had another friend here that I was taking care of post-surgery. And so um, that was date number three. And so it was number four that I met you. Yes. And what were your thoughts? <laughs> After she met you, and you told her about you, the crazy, the father, I thought it would be the end of the relationship. I don't. You think did anybody. not think that, Dad. I did. I did. Come on, you know the I'm crazy. better. I'm I'm good at, at charming her. That'll be your hard time, Mandy. If I won't, who will? No, I owe you big time that day because it was because of you, and you said hold her hand. Oh, because he said, you were telling me, you're like, I don't think she likes me. She hasn't kissed me. It was like, well, are you showing her any affection? And you said, what do you mean affection? I was like, well, have you tried to hold her hand? He said, no. Well, then how do you expect it to progress? (laughs) Did you got to hold your hand. So up to that point, I did not know if we were just having a friendship (laughs) or if we were headed towards something different. Oh, Okay. But that was the first time that I gathered enough the courage and I held her hand. And it worked. It worked. <laughs> at the end of the night, I even got a kiss. Mm-hmm. It was 37 the millisecond kiss, but it was I was not sure if you even can the count as a kiss. It was so fast. That's why you kiss. made up the story about the state law in Florida. Yes. What was yeah. that? Tell us about that. Well, it was on the next the date. We went to the pier in the Naples. You know what it is. It's yeah. this pier that, that sticks out in the Gulf for like 300 meters. You can walk and walk. And, and that's the place where probably the most beautiful place to watch the sunset. So a lot of people gather there right before the sunset to watch it. So we went there and we were waiting for the sunset. And it turned out that she did not know the state law in Florida about the sunset kiss. At sunset, you have to kiss. It's just the state law. So I had to explain it to her, and it was our first kiss, real kiss, not the 37, the millisecond kiss. It was a real kiss. And everything started from there. Any advice to listeners who are doing online dating right now? I think the most important thing is to recover from the disappointments. Uh, the most the difficult part of the dating process is dealing with the rejection. And it's always there. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're in a game, sooner or later, somebody doesn't want to meet you or people meet you and they don't want to continue the relationship. There is a tendency to take it the personal as the judgment. I guess it's pretty much... You know, everybody would interpret it that way, but you need to wipe the tears, take a deep breath and get back on a horse. You need to meet people. You need to be in a game. Otherwise, you'll never be able to meet anybody. Okay. 
Joyce, do you have any advice? I think I would say a lot of the same. Just open, honest communication and keep it flowing. I don't know if I've ever told you, but I almost fired your father a couple times in the communication. And <laughs> once he wrote to me, I asked if he'd ever heard of Marie Kondo. Uh -huh. And he said, oh, yes, I've watched all of her story. And I guess this is a time I should let you know I have a confession to make. I think I might as well tell you everything about me so that you know ahead of time I'm a hoarder. Oh, and when I read that, I said to my friends, I don't think I could live with a hoarder. But do you think a real hoarder would say that they were a hoarder? Well, that is what kind of ended up happening. I think <laughs> it was like, I don't know. I thought I was. I mean, Dad, there's a difference between like not liking to throw things away because they're meaningful to you and actually hoarding and keeping things that, like trash and crap in your house. Like when you walked into our home, Joyce. Exactly. It, there was, it's not working. <laughs> even before that, I said to him, um, so when I walk from the front door to the living room, is it through stacks of paper and, you know, mountains of stuff? He's probably he like, like, no. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, if you had been in his car, you would know it's spotless, right? Yeah. So, yes. like, that's a good indication. Dad, yeah. why would you tell people you're a hoarder? Because I keep everything. I keep all the papers. I never you throw keep, anything Yeah, away. in a file cabinet. I do, yeah, I have them more or less organized, but I don't throw things away even when I should probably throw them away. So I <laughs> always viewed myself as a hoarder. But not even close. <laughs> this is a person who vacuums after dinner every night. So oh, it's Dad, like you do that still? I do. I do. I clean up pretty well. <laughs> I cook, he cleans. It's good. That's the deal we have. Mm -hmm. She cooks. She's a great cook. And all I can do is to clean up for it. Yeah, good. That's good. What was yeah. the other time you almost fired him? When he told me he didn't drink. Oh. This is this probably doesn't reflect very well on me, but I just thought to myself, he's either an alcoholic and then I'm going to have all those issues to deal with, yeah. or he's a teetotaler and it didn't sound very fun to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> then our very first date at Baccio's, I ordered a glass of wine and he said, I'll have the same thing. And I tried to correct it with the waitress. <laughs> I said, he means he'll have the same food, but he doesn't want the wine. And he said, no, I want exactly everything that she had, including the wine. Yeah, you Dad, sure. you drank, just not heavily. No. You I, don't really I, drink. I don't really drink. But but if you're at dinner, you would get wine. Yeah. With the company, I can I can do it. If they drink, I can, I can share it. And he doesn't mind if I do, and he's fun, so it's okay. You know? <laughs> but I didn't know if it was one of those other two extremes. I thought that might be something that wouldn't be a good link-up. It's amazing that she found out all the wonderful things about you without, you know, <laughs> you were giving yourself a disadvantage. The biggest thing, I think, that was the level of the trust. And honesty. That yep. she showed me. I mean, that made me feel very comfortable and wanted me to, to trust her back. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. You're welcome, Mandy. And I will see you guys in a week.
Okay, babe. we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to having you here. Fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.